0: Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you
1: know to grow the platform. Hermione Olivia is a serial entrepreneur, the CEO of JS Health, a social media presence, a wife and a mum-to-be. If that didn't explain it, Hermione is someone that is amazing at balance. She spins a ton of plates at any one time, so I was really keen to sit down and discuss how she manages to be successful and to fit it all in, not only in her work life but in her personal and self-care lives too. She is someone that is an absolute powerhouse. She's built businesses, travelled the world, relocated to another country, spent the time working on herself and is now living a life that she has self-made through taking time to put herself first. JS Health is obviously a huge part of Hermione's life so we go into the brand itself but what we also chatted about was the importance of building a happy, motivated and driven team. One thing we did talk about at length was self-care. Hermione's journey with it and the practices that she has put into place to become a more confident version of herself. She prioritises and practices self-care every single day, some of which Hermione shares throughout the episode. Here's her version of beauty. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: Hi, Hermione. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you.
0: Good. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's um, it's super exciting because we've kind of got two prongs to this. We've got you, Hermione, Olivia.
2: Uh, Olivia? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a long story <laughs> <laughs> for another day. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, and then we've got JS Health and the whole conversation yeah. about the brand and health and vitamins, which is... I'm really excited to get into um so should we start with you and who you are and you're obviously from Australia yeah. um but you've been here a little while so yeah tell us a little bit more about you because you've also got an interesting journey before JS Health as well.
2: Mm-hmm. It's funny how we still define ourselves as where we're from you yeah know? like I've been yeah. in the UK for 10 years and I still will always say I'm an Aussie in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even after all this time, yeah. So I, um, where to start? I am an Australian in London. <laughs> <laughs> I guess i I was a serial entrepreneur, yeah. and now I obviously work with JS Health. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of done my career the other way around. Mm-hmm. I am newly married. Yeah, and congrats almost nine months pregnant and she has had the hiccups whilst (laughs) we've been setting up so it's a very strange feeling um yeah so soon to be mother as well yeah congrats that's really exciting um tell us about australia and you were you born in sydney i was born in sydney yeah australia is the most incredible lifestyle in the world i would say for what reason I just feel so blessed and fortunate that I grew up there because it's just such a healthy lifestyle. It's Mm -hmm. picturesque, it's beautiful. It's like being on holidays, but people also have extraordinary work ethics and ambitions. So you can have an amazing career and also go and have a swim at lunch. Yeah. (laughs) It's really amazing.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I guess the lifestyle is so different and alien from what it is in Mm -hmm. London. How do you find that?
2: I... I'm really starting to miss the sun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Even today it's such a beautiful day and yeah, the sun being out, I feel like, okay, I feel good. Yeah. Um. It's it's not the rain so much as like the grey days here that I think get to you, but yeah. I think there's perks in both places that make up. Like I yeah. think the, the perks here, are, as I said to you earlier, just the fact that it's such a multicultural city and yeah. everyone you meet has such an extraordinary journey and is going somewhere fabulous and mm-hmm. doing something fabulous and has an amazing backstory which is so unique and different and I love that about living here. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's just drenched in culture and history and um, even after 10 years I'm often going to a new restaurant or walking down a street yeah. for the first time and for me that's a really exciting part of living here.
0: It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were chatting off, offline before we started recording but um, I moved to Manchester last year mm-hmm. and I very naively... I obviously knew it wouldn't be the same as here, but I thought culturally it would be the same. Like mm-hmm. I'm a massive foodie and like you go to loads of different restaurants all the time and gigs and music and meet people and mm-hmm. talking. And it's, it's just not, not mm-hmm. taking anything away from Manchester. Manchester's great, but I think... There's nowhere quite like here. Mm-hmm. It's a really unique spot, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, once a London night, it's kind of hard to move away. I almost yeah. moved to New York once, just before the pandemic. Luckily, I didn't because the timing would not have been good for me. But mm-hmm. I have also built such extraordinary friendships and relationships here now that yeah. it's very much home.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you said you were a serial entrepreneur. Let's unpick that a mm-hmm. little bit because that's a big, a big statement. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's – can we talk about, like, the beginning of that journey and, and was it always something that you wanted to be or
2: – I think I always had it in me because even when I started my career, people would tell me that.
0: How did you start your career?
2: So I started uh, at LVMH. Oh, okay. When I was in, I think, my late teens whilst I was studying business at university.
0: For anybody that doesn't know what LVMH is, it's oh, Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, now at yeah.
2: Hennessy. So I yeah. was in the Champagnes division and – we worked on Dom Perignon and Moet and Chandon Mm -hmm. and it was such an amazing launch pad because it's quite a formal and serious structure as a global company Mm -hmm. and it taught me a lot of important lessons about formality and work and um it was very important in that organization to write you know very considered formal emails and yeah to turn up on time, if not early. And yeah, I've yeah, kind yeah. of carried that throughout. I then moved in-house with one of the women who worked at LBMH. She was starting a leather goods brand. So okay. I had exposure from a big entity to
0: yeah. a start yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah.
2: when I graduated from university, I initially went into PR mm-hmm. and worked for some amazing agencies in Sydney and realised pretty quickly, and my bosses would tell me as well, <laughs> that I should have my own agency and that I should do it for myself. Okay, interesting. So... It was, it was definitely, I guess, a part of my personality that people saw. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of ambition and a yeah. lot of drive and energy. So yeah. it was kind of a natural step, even though I was very young when I launched my first business. It yeah. kind of made sense.
0: Yeah. And what, firstly, I think it's really interesting what you say about working for a big corporate and then working for a smaller agency because you, I've, I've done the same. I've worked for big corporate Beauty brands that I've also worked for small creative agencies, and you have to work just as hard, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think for when you're in a small business, a bit like we're sat at JS Health head office, and I guess it's the same. Like it's a hustle, but you all just have to get stuck in, mm-hmm. um, and there's kind of no other option. Whereas in if you're in a big corporate, you kind of have to be at that level and push yourself to be at that level mm-hmm. to to be somewhere and to be noticed and to keep progressing. I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I like being in a small to medium-sized business and wearing a lot of hats It suits my yeah. personality really well. Yeah. And I like the hustle. I yeah, like yeah, the yeah. drive. I like yeah. having to do and be better every day.
0: Yeah, now I hear that. Okay, so then you went on to start your own agency, and I'm guessing that was a PR agency.
2: Yeah, I started a cool. PR agency how many years ago? Wow, over... Maybe almost 15 years ago. Yeah. Shows sure my age. And that was in a time <laughs>
0: where. No, no, no. Um, but that was in a time where. Because I feel like now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or be starting mm-hmm. a brand or like whatever. I guess 15 years ago people were, but it wasn't a hobby or a side hustle. It was a, if you were doing it, you were doing it, right?
2: I, I was definitely the first of my friends. Like most yeah. of my friends were in kind of corporate incubation programs yeah. and, um, starting their career. And I was kind of jumping ahead to yeah. starting my own business. Yeah. And I always say naivety is such a blessing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because I beautifully had no idea what I was doing yeah. and learned along the way. But that's another thing about Australia that's amazing is they really give young entrepreneurs a go. Yeah. And I was so lucky to work with some incredible brands because they didn't look at my age they looked at my I guess energy and enthusiasm and they gave me a chance
0: yeah I think that's that's interesting I have um I have a mentor for the podcast and she helps me and stuff and a big goal for for this is to to go to America and Mm -hmm. and I don't know what you know when you just have something in your head and I'm like I don't know what it is I don't know why I don't know I just it's just a feeling Mm -hmm. um but also Americans tend to cheer you on from the sidelines a lot more, whereas in England we're a bit like, "You can't. I don't know if you can do that, but good luck, kind of thing." I don't know if you get that or you
2: definitely kind of stay in their lane. Like the tube is the perfect metaphor for like how the Brits are. They just kind of like have their head down and don't like they avoid eye contact and kind of look up at the ads and look around, but they will never look at you. Whereas Americans and I think Aussies more so will come and. Shake your hand and say hello yeah, and introduce yeah. themselves and yeah. really, as you said, help you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So we did. The, you did the PR agency yeah. and
2: then that kind of carried throughout my entrepreneurial career. Yeah, I then. Um, I actually did a reality show in Australia <gasps> for a while, you? which I won't go into. Um, but oh, my then, God, can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I then, I really wanted to move away. Okay. Um, I wanted to experience what it was like to be a really small fish in a big pond. Yeah. And I'd been so fortunate in Australia. I had had a great education and had amazing network and so many supportive friends and family. And I yeah. wanted the challenge of not knowing anyone. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I came to London and I definitely got the challenge I was looking for. It was an uphill battle and a really great one for my personality. I think to put yourself in situations where you're scared. Yeah, yeah. And you have to kind of push through is so amazing for your self-development. Yeah. And yeah, I came to the UK and I had, again, that beautiful naivety thinking, if I've helped all these brands over the years, imagine what I could do with my own brand. Yeah. So I kind of put that out to the universe and waited to see what would happen and I started working on a leather goods brand and then I had a jewellery brand and then most recently started a rosé brand during lockdown Mm -hmm. and they were all incredible ventures. Throughout as I said the thread was I had Hermione Olivia which was my Instagram like social platform and I had a travel blog extension of it for a long time and I also had continued to consult. at at one point I tried to shake the clients and I kind of, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them were like, I worked with for many, many, many years and they didn't mind that I wasn't in Australia. They were like, we'll just be working with you in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely, I tried a lot of things and I had a lot of different experiences and I loved the entrepreneurial road, but then JS health came along and that was an entirely different proposition.
0: Yeah I bet. Let's unravel that a little bit because you, the word powerhouse comes to mind and I say that because I think from an outsider looking in and you might not feel this because I think sometimes you don't often feel things about yourself what other people kind of reflect on your journey and we're essentially strangers
1: or
0: (laughs) prior to half an hour ago we were. Um, But it's just so amazing to see someone who has just gone for things. Even, you know, moving country is a massive, massive thing. Um, You obviously like a challenge, but have you always been that way? And do you feel, how do you feel going into something? I'm presuming, like, excitement comes to mind, but for a lot of people that's so daunting that they don't ever even dare to go there. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much about, I know Roxana Fusi talks about it a lot, like, people having these ideas in their head and they sit on them for years and years and years, but never do anything because of fear. You don't seem to have that.
2: Rox is one of my closest friends. Is she? has <laughs> yeah. been on the Hi, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I love the adrenaline of the unknown. Yeah. And when I reflect, the best decisions I ever made were the ones that everyone told me not to, Well, where I yeah. lent into the fear. And I just jumped into that crevice and, and kind of went full pelt yeah now that I'm in my 30s I'm much more relaxed about (laughs) these kind of yeah one might say haphazard decisions yeah I'm I'm much more kind of stable and solid thankfully as I go into this new chapter yeah um and I think I I think looking back that's what I believed my 20s were for Mm -hmm. you know like I I liked that I I said yes to everything, and I took every opportunity that came my way, and that I trusted my gut and my intuition. Yeah, and I always worked really hard and had good intentions along the way. So it wasn't kind of reckless decision making. It was, it was still very considered. And in actual fact, looking back, some of the decisions I wish I'd made faster. Yeah, you know when you're in a bad relationship, or for me, like maybe not the best business partnership, or. Even some friendships, and you kind of know. Yeah. I feel like looking back, I took too long to get out of some, or to change direction with some things. Yeah.
0: But. But if you hadn't have, you might not have learned the lessons that you did in that true. extended period. Yeah.
2: It all worked out as it yeah, was meant yeah. to, but I do think um, trusting your intuition and your gut and that voice inside you is like the most powerful thing you can do because it's always right.
0: Yeah. I think we learned that too late. Mm-hmm. Um. You said a couple of interesting things there. I think 20s, which most people that listen to the podcast are kind of 24 upwards to mm-hmm. 34. Um, being in your 20s can suck, can't it? Because oh, it's, it's really a lot hard. of... Yeah. It is a lot of... I mean, I'm I'm thirty 31 and even in, in the year and a bit that I've been in my 30s, mm-hmm. I've just chilled out a bit more and I just get oh, it so a bit more. Amazing. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> I feel like I just get it. Whereas in my 20s, it's like scrambling around for like relationships and to be with someone and to buy a house and have your finances sorted out and have the right job and work on your career and it's a lot um and i think people need to give themselves a break in their 20s a bit Mm -hmm.
2: we put too much pressure on ourselves
0: oh massively yeah
2: and i think your 20s are meant to be when you you know buy like that cliche instagram thing of like buy that ticket like yeah
0: yeah yeah
2: do that thing mess things up yeah and and exactly spend that last you know, yeah. whatever on whatever, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. go and live and yeah, yeah. feel free. And I even say that to the girls, some of the girls in my office who are in their twenties. I'm like, go on the date. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't work out, you've got another great story to tell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely get that. You also said um, that you had a really good work ethic, but really, I this is not word for word, but really good work ethic combined with really good intentions, which I think, they're quite a killer pair when you actually think about it because I think a lot of people especially when it comes to business or money or whatever um do things for for financial gain or for what drive their own ego or something I think good intentions again is something that's quite underrated
2: yeah I mean I think what's interesting about paychecks is as they go up, your lifestyle tends to adjust, so yeah. you actually don't feel the change that yeah. immensely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but being true to yourself and doing something you love and doing something you believe in and that you're passionate about, the the paycheck yeah. doesn't even factor in. No, no. So, for me, looking back, I th- and look, it's also how I am, how I recruit. All yeah of my team that's what I look for is like yeah. hard work and good intentions yeah and kind people because ultimately I think that is what gets you ahead
0: yeah that's interesting I feel like there's so much to unpack in that <laughs> bit what you just said um let's move into JS Health and then we can we can go back um so now you're at JS Health mm-hmm. and you're the CEO of the UK and Europe yeah exactly That's a really cool role.
2: Yeah, it's a very cool role. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it came along, the opportunity came along. I was consulting to them and I formed such a great relationship with the founders who are husband and wife duo Mm -hmm. and they offered me a full-time role. Yeah. And I hadn't had a full-time role for, as I said, I think it was like 13 years. Yeah. So it was a big, big decision Mm -hmm. to make, but my gut was telling me to do it. Yeah. It was just hard because I'd just gotten to a place where I'd kind of like stabilized all of my businesses that I'd worked so hard on for so long. Yeah. So, you know when you're at a crossroads? Yeah. Yeah. And you know both roads are amazing, but Yeah. it's going to be a very different journey. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to see what I could do if I put everything into one brand. Yeah. I'd been cool. like I'd been so diluted for so long yeah I had had to wear so many hats every day I was either like Hermione Olivia or running my business the age Mm -hmm. collective and all the clients within it or the jewelry brand that rosé like I couldn't ever get truly ahead yeah and I just really wanted to see I wanted to challenge myself with like what could I do in this kind of environment and obviously a much more corporate environment and reporting into a board and in a different country as well so it was fraught with challenges for me which I really wanted to see if I could overcome
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that was I guess what drove me to do it was yeah what can I make of this
0: yeah that common theme of challenge mm-hmm. again is, is <laughs> yeah. it's really good though and I think it's really interesting to hear because equally I mean we'll go into you and a bit more about you've mentioned your personality a little bit um I do think especially from my experience in beauty there's a lot of and interesting when I said powerhouse, there's a lot of people that move with a lot of like fierce presence and strong opinions and, again, ego maybe is is part of it. You, not to stroke your ego, but you don't seem to have that. You, you're very calm. Your presence is very zen and chilled. Um... And it's nice to to see, like if I'm being completely honest, because I think a lot of, there's a hierarchy when it comes to um, roles and business and work, um, and I get a vibe in here that it's just a very nice one family kind of situation.
2: That's how I like it to feel. I like it to feel like we're all one team, one yeah, dream. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents kind of taught me when we were growing up that you treat the cleaner the same as the CEO. I love that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really believe that because the cleaner often becomes the CEO. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, And um I'm challenged each day as much as anyone else in here. I yeah. often am kind of uncertain of what I'm doing and I have to learn on the job. And that's yeah. probably why I still love it as much as I did on day one because yeah. the challenge is still there and I'm learning so much. Yeah. So we're all kind of learning and growing together. Yeah.
0: I love that. I think I think that's how you get the most out of people, isn't it? Um, mm. To just be on a level. It's nice. I've had similar feedback actually about the podcast in that I've had friends on the podcast mm-hmm. who are skincare experts and I've had Roxana Fusihorn who's got a big following and he's and he's really blowing up at the moment and then I've had you know people like you on who have got a following um and also doing really well in their career and it's nice to not change I used to be like why am I talking to everyone the same but actually as I'm growing I it's one of the best things that I like mm-hmm. about myself and it's a really good trait to have I think
2: fundamentally it's your podcast too yeah like it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. who the guest is yeah 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 of course people are coming for you so it's- yeah yeah probably nice for them to have that consistency from you
0: yeah yeah let's talk about js health then because Mm -hmm. i think it's obviously vitamin supplements health Mm -hmm. in a in a bit of a different way Mm -hmm. uh what i really like about it is that it specializes in skincare Mm -hmm. and in health and gut health Mm -hmm. um and i think as women I was telling you before, but I take the D blow, and I, I actually post them a lot on my story. But um I take the D blow, and I take the hair and energy one. Mm-hmm. um I don't know a woman that doesn't get bloated. <laughs> <laughs> don't know a Especially woman that doesn't get bloated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um But let's face it; it's painful. It's miserable. It makes you feel crap. Um, and it's nice that there is a solution and it is and it is a solution i was saying earlier you know i've been to the doctors a hundred times about bloating and they just give me a blood test and tell me that everything's okay actually i've been taking um the diet and d bloat for about three months and noticed a significant difference so Mm -hmm. i was really excited when you were happy to come on the podcast because more to just unravel what vitamins are and what Mm -hmm. they do and I think there's still a bit taboo in the UK. Mm-hmm. They're very big in America and I'm presuming in, in Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just go into the brand a little bit more.
2: I have to credit Jess yeah. for everything that is the brand. I'm yeah. just lucky to work alongside her because I had the same experience. The hair and energy transformed my hair. Yeah, My hair colour said to me, I never thought your hair could be this strong and this thick. Yeah, yeah. And it was because I'd been consistently taking hair and energy for three months. That yeah, was the yeah. only thing I'd changed. So... For me, in all my experience in brands and businesses, it's all about the product. And yeah. if you have a great product, you can fly. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can have the best marketing and PR and finance team in the world, but if you don't have a good product, yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why JS Health has become such a hit globally is because the product really works. Yeah. And I think Jess is a genius because as you can see with the products here. Mm-hmm. They are problem solving and they do what they say they're going to do on the on the front label. You don't need a nutritionist yeah. or a naturopath to tell you which um, raw ingredients to buy. You know, yeah. you don't have to go into a pharmacy and kind of see these l- lanes of yeah. product and kind of try to navigate it. Yeah, It just does what it says. So if you suffer from bloating, detox and debloat is your product yeah. or if you're looking for something for your hair or your skin, it's very clearly identifiable yeah, yeah. within the brand, which I think is genius. And then her next thing is is she just she will not compromise on quality. Yeah. Like she will that. not. She is obsessive and passionate about the best quality ingredients, mm-hmm. regardless of the price tag. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is harder for <laughs> me and the finance to <laughs> <monetize> <laughs> because it can make our products extremely expensive to yeah. formulate. But again, because of that we have such loyal customers and people don't just buy once from us, they buy all the time yeah and are on subscription too because the product is amazing so it's a joy for me to work with something that I truly genuinely believe in yeah and I see it transform the health of so many people around me like there was a girl on our team who had incredibly bad eczema and she took skin and digestion and it cleared up yeah and to see those transformations and actually see that you're helping people every day with their health needs and concerns it adds an extra value like a it adds an extra what's the word like not I don't want to use the word joy again but it it adds is it like
0: substance
2: to the it adds substance to the role exactly because I'm not just being challenged mentally yeah I I don't just love my team but to see that you're actually helping people and impacting positive change is incredible and so rewarding
0: yeah I hear that and I think I think it is I mean I've I've taken them and I I do take them every day and I and I know and I and I tell my friends a lot about them Mm -hmm. um but also just the storytelling online I think Mm -hmm. is really genuine and the types of people that are taking them are people who um do care about their health Mm -hmm. and you've got a lot of reviews and stuff online as well but you can't hide from from a review, and I think it's I think it speaks volumes. But they've re- like personally, they've really helped me, and and I love the brand, and I love where it's what it stands for and what it's about.
2: Thank you, because that really makes like the seven am calls a lot easier. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what we're here for, and they are we we work hard and hustle hard, and yeah their long days, especially being an Australian company. So we yeah. have very early mornings and often late nights. And, yeah, yeah. you know, actually hearing that it helps people is so rewarding.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about you a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and Hermione, Olivia. And I guess should we start at building a platform and kind of how that came about?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my social media platform was definitely built from travel. Mm hmm. I, as I said, I used to have a travel blog yeah. and it was such an amazing time of my life. When was
0: that? Because I love the blog. Here. Yeah, I,
2: I, it was so fun. I think it was, I was probably, it was when I kind of first moved here, actually. Mm-hmm. I moved here and people were saying, these were in the early days of Instagram. This was almost 10 years ago. They were saying, oh, you went to Paris, like, where should I stay? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, oh, you tag the place you stayed at. You yeah. Know, like back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... I just started a totally amateur blog and if for nothing else I just thought it was a cool way to show my mum and my best friends back home like where I was and more details of what I was doing yeah and it kind of became a business like a little side hustle business
3: and I ended up traveling the world
2: on my own you know so cool going to every corner of the earth like from the U.S. to Africa and the Maldives and everything in between and I had such a good time yeah Um, it was in my mid-20s and I could work from anywhere so I could be consulting to my clients in having meetings in airports or hotels or whatever so I'm so glad I did that yeah Um, but it definitely had an expiry date because weirdly enough you you start to miss Like making your own bed and and washing your own clothes.
0: Doesn't travel really – we'll talk about that in a sec because I've had a similar experience. But doesn't travel really – I want to say open your mind, but I think it completely changes your mindset. Completely.
2: It's interesting, isn't it? I met some incredible people. Like this morning I was talking on Instagram to this incredible woman american who i met on safari in mm-hmm. africa i went on safari on my own a few times and met this incredible wild wonderful woman who's like an animal um animal lover and conservationist and having these relationships with these people all around the world is just so yeah surreal and it's yeah. all from that travel
0: yeah it's interesting and i think it um it opens your mind up it almost makes you, like, if you put it into, like, literal terms, like, it, it makes you stop sweating the small stuff a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, like, we panic about, what do I look like? Should I go out on my hair like this? Like, do people, are going to be, do my, is my outfit okay? It sounds silly saying it out loud, but when you come back from travelling or you go away and you come back, it's just, like, why am I bothering about this stupid trivial stuff that is, like, negative self-talk, essentially,
2: well, and yeah, it just makes you, you feel crap when you immerse yourself in other cultures and you see how other people live and you realize that so many of these social constructs are just manufactured based yeah, on where yeah. you live and yeah, the society yeah. you're in yeah and when you're thrust out of that and into something completely different mm-hmm. yeah you have to you have to look at who you are and what you really represent and what you really want and what yeah. is a priority for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny, isn't it? Because, uh, what, yeah, you were saying about, like, making your own bed and you miss the small stuff. I didn't travel in a way that you did, but I travelled with work and I travelled a lot on my own and I, it was getting to a point where I'd be away, like, Monday to Friday. I'd come home at the weekend and I was a bit like, I don't want to live like this anymore because I feel like I'm missing out on actually building foundations mm-hmm. because I was away so much. Um, but what's your experience of that and very
2: similar actually yeah I was also traveling back and forth to Australia a lot mm-hmm. and I still had some clients in Australia so i i always had a work reason to be there yeah and it actually weirdly wasn't until the pandemic so like seven years into being mm-hmm. in the uk that i really put my roots down here
0: mm-hmm.
2: because obviously i couldn't travel mm-hmm. and then with this full-time job you can't travel mm-hmm. and that was when I really solidified my relationship with the UK and was like, okay, this is where I am. This is my life. This is my future. This is a choice to be here and for this to be my home. Because it my parents would have loved if I'd moved home when the pandemic <laughs> happened. I was actually in Australia <laughs> in March of twenty twenty as it oh, was okay. really kicking off. Yeah. And I was flying back here and they were like, why are you going back? You have to stay here. This is, you know, yeah. it was a very uncertain time and people yeah. were very scared. And that for me was the turning point of I'm choosing yeah. the UK.
0: Yeah. So you spent seven years not knowing if this was going to be your long term home or.
2: Yeah, I, I. Did you know that at the time? I always went into it. I think, as you said, moving overseas can be quite scary. And I, I went into it with such a good attitude, thanks to my siblings, because they just said, what's the worst that can happen? Just get on a flight home. Yeah. You know, start your life again here. Yeah. And that was such an amazing kind of offering that i had in the back of my mind because i i lived like that mm-hmm. i was like i love london and it made london so exciting and so fun and so fresh yeah. all the time because i was constantly choosing to be here yeah, yeah every day yeah um and yeah for a long time i didn't know where i was going to end up as i said to you i almost moved to the states at one yeah, point yeah. and yeah it was many 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 years in that i went okay <laughs> i've actually yeah. been here for a while this is my life now yeah it's hindsight
0: and reflection so interesting isn't Mm -hmm. it I love it um so lockdown I have heard you talk about lockdown before and and this whole don't want to put words into your mouth but it seems like you went on a bit of a journey of Mm -hmm. putting you first and self-discovery so Mm -hmm. just talk to us a bit about that because essentially that's what we talk about here and (laughs) and it's really
2: interesting so up until lockdown I was a yes man in every sense of the word so I was one of those manically busy um energetic people who kind of went from meeting a friend for a spin class at 6am through until late at night of like back-to-back meetings and appointments and um I lived on my own in the pandemic Mm. and in a little one-bedroom flat on Portobello Road and it was the first time really in my life that I'd had a chance just to sit with myself and reflect Mm. and dig deep and think about who I was and where I wanted to go and it was honestly the most extraordinary time of my life and such a positive venture and experience because I lent into all the things I always knew I should be doing but didn't have the time for in other words I hadn't made time for like for example meditation okay um or prioritizing exercise or journaling, eating well, taking time to read, investing in the right relationships in my life. I mm-hmm. suddenly had time to really think about who I wanted to be and how I wanted to prioritise my life and yeah. and what I wanted my life to look like after the pandemic.
0: Were they conscious decisions, journaling, meditating, Very or was that just so. you, you fell into it? Okay.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I read quite a few books, you know, even books like The 5am Club. Yeah. And made a very conscious effort every day to structure my day, especially because I lived on my own and the pandemic went on for quite a while. So setting up your day so I didn't just lie around and (laughs) and watch Netflix, you know, I really wanted to make the most of it.
0: Yeah. It's, let's just dig into that a bit because I think, especially when you first start looking inwards, it can be a little bit scary. I've said it on here loads of times that, I get quite a few messages about like journaling and people being petrified of it Mm -hmm. and being scared to write their thoughts down to me that's the the most bizarre thought because I the way I get myself out of a mindset is to write it's how I deal with things it's I've done it for a long long time but for some people it's like the most alien fearful thing um So let's unravel some of the stuff that you do, meditating, manifesting, whatever it is, visualising, and how it has helped.
2: I've also always been a writer since Mm -hmm. I was a really young girl. I've always had notebooks everywhere. So journaling was probably the easiest step for me, but it was more making journaling a habit Mm -hmm. and a practice rather than just picking up a pen when I felt to. It was actually having to sit there. So I can relate to people feeling that, discomfort around writing because if you get yourself in a practice where you have to write no matter what the mood is or what you're doing or what day it is it can be daunting to think about what's going to come out I just put pen to paper and let it free flow so sometimes for me it's a to-do list because then I won't wake up in the night and think oh I have to do that thing you know so um other times it's kind of like my deepest darkest fears or feelings and I think the fear of writing is always scarier than the reality because, for me, what's flying around my head once I put it on paper, I'm like, oh, that's not so scary. I I can do that or I can tick that box tomorrow or today or I can can speak to that person and resolve that issue or whatever it is. Or sometimes Um, you're
0: in a strange mood and you write it down. I don't know if you can relate (laughs) to this, but I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. And it's something
2: stupid like
0: a boy didn't message me back or like my mum said something to me last week that was, it's just in my mind somewhere. And then it comes out and you're like, ah. Man.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it immediately just anything. releases it yeah, for yeah. me anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm the biggest fan of journaling. Yeah, <laughs> I've tried too. so hard to get my husband to journal and he's just not interested. <laughs> I buy him all the notebooks <laughs> in the land and it just doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> it's it, So it is a, it must be a personality trait yeah. He's yeah. very spiritual and proactive, and he just can't journal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I guess um, I'm not big on meditation. I can't. I even tried it this morning because I was feeling quite slow and went meant to go to the gym and I walked instead. But I just wanted to be still, and my mind just can't get it. Can't get there, and I don't know if you've been impatient with it, but I guess it is what works for for everyone.
2: I think for me with meditation, it was learning that in that moment you're still doing a perfect practice yeah yeah even if you feel like you're not getting Mm -hmm. somewhere or you're not still or you're not progressing you actually are because you're allowing yourself the space and the time yeah I used to beat myself up as well and say like I'm not good at meditation my Mm -hmm. mind wanders off and actually now I realize that it doesn't matter what the practice looks like or Mm -hmm. feels like it's that you're practicing
0: yeah yeah true um Okay, so lockdown happened and you were in your own space and you're doing all of this self-care stuff mm-hmm. and then we kind of got back to reality. How have you continued because you've got a busy life, you're a you know, you've got a big role here and you got married, um, you're due to have a baby any <laughs> minute. <laughs> um, how do you how do you keep it all ticking over the self care side of things?
2: If I'm honest, I find it really hard to upkeep that perfect practice that I had in mm-hmm. those many months in 2020 yeah. yeah um I'd be lying if I said every day I ticked every box and I also wasn't able to keep up the five a.m. Yeah, club yeah, yeah I did for months but then it just became impractical for me so yeah. I just try my best to do as much as I can when I can so I found ways to implement the things that are important to me throughout my day so for yep. example I drive to work every morning yeah. and it takes about 15 minutes and as soon as I set off from my house, I set I play my affirmations. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a really easy thing to do. Often my boss will call me at the same time, so I'll get <laughs> distracted. But even if I've listened to two, I've kind mm-hmm. of – I've done the affirmations thing. Can we talk
0: about affirmations? Mm-hmm. Because they're my favourite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you first start doing them, especially being – From the UK, it's a really strange thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't tell yourself that you're beautiful. (laughs) It's just the weirdest, cringiest thing you could possibly do. But actually, when you do them, it makes the world of difference, doesn't it?
2: I mean, I should be an ambassador for Think Up, the (laughs) app, because I tell everyone (laughs) to download this app. But basically, I record affirmations in my own voice oh okay yeah and then they they play it back to you on a on a soundtrack oh my god and they put meditative music over it and i have to say like as far as affirmations in in all of my experience it just like embeds it deep into your psyche hearing it Mm -hmm. back in your own voice and it makes it so easy and accessible i don't have to like pull out my journal and find the latest affirmation or Mm -hmm. whatever it is i can update them easily i update them in really meaningful places to me. So when I was in India at Christmas, I took time one afternoon to record my affirmations for Mm -hmm. the first half of the year or however many months it is. And so you can kind of hear like the birds and things in the background, which is so me or or it takes me back to that moment where I was off work and relaxed and happy. And, um, I just feel affirmations are, yeah, obviously kind of kooky, (laughs) Yeah. but if you practice them like meditation with time I, I genuinely believe they change how you feel about yourself.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. Um, sorry, I interrupted, but you were saying about listening to affirmations in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Oh, yes. Yeah,
2: so I listen to affirmations in the morning. Uh, my husband and I meditate together most mornings. So that's the first thing. And we're quite good at holding each other accountable. So at the moment, I'm extremely pregnant. And it's much <laughs> harder for me to wake up. So he'll often be the one saying, okay, come on. And some days I don't even sit up. I have to stay lying because yeah, I'm yeah. so tired. yeah. Um, but he will be, he will say we have to meditate. Come on, let's meditate. So meditation tick, affirmations tick, all before I get to work at 7 or 8am. And then journaling for me, I love journaling in the bath at night. I burn candles and that's like kind of my quiet time for me. Um, exercise has definitely fallen off the...
0: (laughs) (laughs) With good reason.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think... Just getting through my work days at the moment is the best I can do. Yeah. So it's just like finding ways to layer in these positive self-care practices that work yeah. for you in that moment. Because as I've talked about before, like at this moment in my life, rigorous exercise is not a priority. Yeah. But other times. times it is. So Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important for your mental health. Yeah. So it's just finding ways to incorporate it. And the practice doesn't need to be hours of reading a day. Like for me... Mm-hmm. If, My goal each night is to read 10 pages. Yeah, yeah. 10 pages they say in a year is on average 36 books a year. Yeah. That's much better than me trying to read a book a week or whatever. You know, like it just, it keeps you accountable and you just keep chipping away at it.
0: Yeah. I think, again, that's a really underrated way of looking at it because I think people and I did it loads in the beginning set myself goals of doing this this and this and every day and now it's like okay what's achievable today Mm -hmm. and then we'll think about tomorrow when it comes because so many people have a long to-do list of this bedtime routine and morning routine but it's what they're seeing other people do online it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily what works for them if you've got a baby which you will have or you are pregnant and you your priorities change Mm -hmm. or I don't know appointments seeing parents anything like family anything um it, it shifts your priority for that day, so Absolutely. we should...
2: Or even that year. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, there's a girl in the office here who meditates for an hour in the morning and an hour at night, and it's an unassisted, unguided yeah. meditation. I would never even set myself that goal because no. it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. the fact that I can do a 10 to 20-minute guided meditation every morning, is, yeah. that's the best I can do. Yeah. So I did that as well. I used to set really unrealistic goals for myself yeah. and... It's been a huge learning, especially of late and in pregnancy, that you actually have limitations mm-hmm. in terms of time and, for me, physical limitations as far as yeah. what a, what I can do and what I can offer. And just setting yourself realistic goals and targets is actually a self-care, like, yeah. self-love act.
0: I think so, yeah. Did you have a level of self-love, self self-serving things in your life before lockdown because it it, I feel like lockdown was a defining moment maybe for you
2: it was definitely a new direction
1: okay
2: a lot of these things I'd practiced before like I had as I said I'd always had kind of journals around and I dabbled in meditation for many years yeah it was more prioritizing these things above all else I'd prioritize my career yeah And other people's needs for so long. And I think learning to set boundaries for myself in that time, that was probably the most pivotal change, was thinking about who did I want to be around and who did I want to invest in and what kind of person did I want to be.
0: Yeah. And I also think it's interesting, I say this a lot as well, but when you start getting yourself in check or in line or start looking after yourself that then results for me anyway in this is how i translate it in a higher level of self-respect and therefore the way you output yourself or what you let affect you just subconsciously shifts massively mm. that's the thing i've learned over this like 5 years or so that i've just really focused on me and therefore it's probably led you to a path to marriage and to have kids mm. and and if you look at it like holistically That, to me, is what self-care is. Like, it's Mm -hmm. guiding your own path subconsciously to not a better place, but to a more deserving place or more worthy Mm -hmm. place.
2: And all those age-old cliches are so true, but, like, the more you love yourself, the more you'll call in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so true for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And even for me in terms of, like, career respect, I now have peers who I respect so much and who respect me and my work ethic so much and I didn't feel I had that before. Yeah. And friends. Yeah. It's shifted a lot of my friendships for the better because the people I'm surrounded by I respect so immensely and, again, Mm -hmm. I feel like they respect me.
0: It's quite a refreshing place to be, actually, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's really refreshing. Just, like, we've talked a lot about you and your platform and you as an entrepreneur in your career and, you know, looking at your profile, it's great. There's travel, there's luxury, there's marriage, there's this great life. What is the biggest challenge? Let's go personally. What's the biggest challenge for you personally? Because I also think when I started the podcast, I had a really I didn't like social media. I was like, why is everyone's life perfect? Like, why, Mm -hmm. why, why, mine included? Like, why am I showing all this stuff? Um, And I'm not, I'm not saying for a second that that's what you're doing, but I think the, the, what we see on social media, I think it's interesting to delve a little bit deeper. And you, everyone has insecurities and everyone has challenges that, that they face. So it's just interesting to know kind of what is a challenge for you
2: social media is a challenge It's interesting yeah <laughs> especially in what context since I found out I was having a little girl I um have definitely had I guess a new take on social media and the kind of world I want her to live in
0: that's interesting
2: and I I think social media is I've always had such a positive relationship with it I love you know communicating with all my friends back home and around the world and seeing yeah. what they're up to and I feel like it is a place for escapism and that's why people post the perfect sides of their life. Um, And I have such a positive conversation with my community. But yeah, it does does scare me that uh, social media didn't come in until I think Facebook arrived when I was graduating from high school. Yeah. And I'm so glad it wasn't there for those years before. We were all just like young, wild and free and it wasn't all captured in cameras and videos and... um, I don't know, it just made me think, do I want her to live in a world where, like, everything's happening online and she's has, she's glued to a screen and mm-hmm. I have a stepson and I see how addictive, like, the iPad is. You know, we have yeah. to be so careful with the, how much time we give him on the iPad because yeah. the way they design these shows is it just Insane. drags them in and it's, like, flashing lights yeah. and colour and sound and it's, frankly, quite unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. Um So that's been an interesting challenge for me of late because I love so much of what social media represents, but I also feel like it is a challenging place. And I think questioning it in general is a healthy and positive conversation to be having. You know, it's important to question what you post and what you engage with and how you use it.
0: Yeah. I think there's definitely a shift of... Um, You know, a big part of... I work in talent management, but a big part of my role is what is trending and, obviously, a big part of your role will be as well and how you show up on social. Um, And, obviously, we are moving into a more authentic space. Mm -hmm. How authentic that authentic space is, I'm not sure. (laughs) But um, it's also interesting that, like, one of the main uses of TikTok is, like, we're using it how we would use Google. So it's, like, all the younger kids are, Gen Zs are like how to do this, how to, what are the best shorts, where to buy this or where to do that. And and that's how people are now learning, which is quite frightening, really. <laughs> well, it is, because there's it what's real and what's not. Yeah, and um, I think,
2: as you said, like one of the challenges for me is my life is mostly the grind. Like mm-hmm. I'm mostly at my desk yeah. with my team working and hustling. And it's not, glamorous Mm. and it's not overly exciting (laughs) most of the time I find it exciting but I don't think anyone else would seeing me at my desk again but I think people
0: I think it is exciting I I think this a lot about myself and and everyone's different jobs are exciting to somebody who's not in that job like they, they are like I would find your conversations fascinating and it's because it's unknown in my brain but it's so known to you that it's not the same old rinse and repeat but it's you probably don't think it's that exciting but it is.
2: Yeah, I think it's I I crave a more authentic space online as well. Yeah. And I'm actually launching a website in two weeks which okay. is called CEO Yourself. Oh okay. And it will be on the Hermione Olivia website. But it's basically a just a resource, I guess, destination for motivational and inspirational content. Oh, because that's cool. I wanted to have a more meaningful output mm-hmm. and I wanted my platform to share something real and something of substance and yeah when you land on the website you can get everything from like a motivational quote to an inspirational book Mm -hmm. um interesting youtube videos or articles i've found or podcasts i've listened to yeah and just a space where i found when i was lacking motivation I'd, i'd be googling like yeah. David Goggins um, <laughs> or like, or like Deepak Chopra quote and I was like I just need one place where I can land and for example we have like once a month we're going to be launching a wallpaper for your phone with a motivational yeah. quote on it I, I just wanted to produce something it's just a passion project yeah. but something meaningful and real and I guess no matter where you're at in your career or your education if, even if you're studying or if you're older wherever you're at in life I think we're all seeking motivational content mm-hmm. rather than just content for content's sake. Yeah. I I want content that will move me or help me be the better version of myself and I called it CEO Yourself because CEO for me stands for cherish every opportunity yeah. which is how I've kind of like built my life but yeah it's about how can you feel and be the best version of yourself and how can I support that yeah and I'm excited to see how it evolves and what comes of it but yeah as she as I found out I was having a girl I just felt the need or like the calling to do something positive and to yeah. give back in a way I guess
0: no I really like that and it will be out by the time this comes out so Amazing. we'll put the link and Yay. stuff in the show <laughs> notes but that's that's really exciting and it's almost that thing of Uh, oh so cliche and so cringe but it's like I don't know who needs to see this today but someone will like (laughs) I put quotes on every morning just on my story and I get a lot of like thanks I just really needed this and I put them on at 7am like as soon as I wake up and it's it's just a nice thing to give out also isn't it it's a nice thing to start your day with so yeah look out for that
2: thank you yeah I just felt the need to do exactly that to even if there's one person that goes on the website and it helps them in any way, I yeah. will feel like it was worthwhile doing.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. So final question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty?
2: Definitely confidence. Mm-hmm. I have some friends who have just admitted this like beautiful confidence and maybe they're not, you know, the most typical standard version of beauty. Mm-hmm. But... In terms of like how they look or their shape or whatever it is, but you see a confident person walk into the room and there's nothing more jaw-droppingly beautiful. And I feel like finding your own confidence is one of the most incredible things you can do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love that. I think yeah, really interesting. Thank you. Thank thank you you for being an amazing guest and thank you for being open and honest because it's always really helpful and it's always really beautiful to hear. Stories from different perspectives. So, thank you for sharing.
2: No, thanks for having me. I thanks. It.
3: <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. <laughs>
0: you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review.